that is where you'll find me. That is your destiny. Is the jar of destiny of something? The prophecy. The prophecy portends to it. <laughs> Does it now? Yes. Heresy! Oh, God, that guy. That fucking guy. Oh, God. <laughs> Just made my shit itch immediately when he started yeah. talking. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom, that's one half of the Omcast. I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hi. Hi. So tonight we're talking about the first two episodes of season two of His Dark Materials, the Philip Pullman adaptation created by the BBC and HBO. Yeah. Yeah. So similar to what we decided to do with The Mandalorian this year, um, as this is the year of the gas leak and fuck all's coming out, um, <laughs> we thought we would discuss this series, um, His Dark Materials. We did our episode on about the first series, which you can go back and see. That came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, but we thought we'd cover these two at a time um, and delve into this continuing adaptation of these Philip Pullman um, books that is finally getting the big the the treatment it deserves, in my opinion. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, we won't delve too much into you know our history with having read the books and all the rest of it because we did already discuss that in the first in our first episode. So if you want to know that, um, long story short, we've both read the books. I read them when I was a kid. Tom, you read them fairly recently. Yep. Um, and now we're getting into this adaptation. So. For me, I'm kind of rediscovering the story um, and sort of it's all coming back to me as it's, as it's playing out on screen because it's, it's been, you know, the better part of 15 years since I last read these. Um, and I'm just going, oh, yeah, like, as, as things are happening. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about this bit. Um, and particularly the second um, one because that's obviously the, the least well-known. I keep calling it the Golden Compass, by the way, so you're going to have to part with that. Stop fucking, no, absolutely not. No, we're not doing that. Yeah, we talked about that because that's the other thing to bear in mind, and we did talk about this last time, is that this is the second attempt of them adapting this, but what's got me so excited about with these first two episodes is that we've pushed past that initial part of the story, um, <laughs> yeah. and we're finally seeing Will and Lyra on screen together, the two protagonists of this trilogy, who they find they really wisely in adapting the book, they decided to bring in Will early um, and had him in series one. Well, it makes a lot more sense. It does. It's, yeah, it, it makes a hell of a lot more sense. Um, the way the books are structured, you basically get all of Lyra's story, um, which is you know the story of her leaving Oxford and going to the north and the polar bears, all that stuff. It happens in the first book in Northern Lights. And then the second book opens with all this backstory about this Will kid you find out all about, and then they both end up in the same place, which mm-hmm. is this Sitagazi, I think it's called, or Chittagazi. Chittagazi. Yeah. Um, this um, city there, the majority of the first episode is set in. Um, and the idea is that they both came there from their respective worlds through these portals that have been created. Um, yeah. And that's basically how series two starts. Um, but they, rather than doing what the book did, which is just randomly introduce you to this new character um, <laughs> at the start of the first book, at the yeah. start of the second book of the series, sorry, they, we already know about Will. We know why he's there. We know everything that's come you know, before, what's led him to this place. We haven't spent as much time with him as we have with Lara, uh, Lyra, obviously, but no. we hit the ground running and those two can like get on screen together. Um, 
and that's the best that, that was the best thing for me about that first episode is just seeing the two of them together and how well the actors work together yeah and um it's seeing how quickly they sort of they've obviously got chemistry they work well together and yeah it sort of really clicks quite quickly similarly to how it happens in the book as well yeah like because as you would have seen in episode one she consults the alethiometer and whilst in the book it does go on quite a bit longer about the like pan doesn't trust will but lyra does and it's this weird sort of early sort of foreshadowing of like this this different this conflict that she feels because structurally her and pan are the same entity in two beings yeah um but yeah it's this sort of really interesting moment where they sort of really click straight away and just become friends and start working on what they need to do and then that happens pretty quickly in episode one and it's very much a right we're back in the world this is what's happening with this this is what's happening with this and that's in episode one which is quite tidy actually yeah, I think episode one, because the other stuff they have to do is like set up what's going on back in Lyra's world. Um, yeah. And that's far more complicated this season. <laughs> like now you, because obviously yeah. we haven't got the child's perspective in that world anymore. So we, right. it is just a hundred percent before it was, we still had like, we were following Mrs. Coulter and her storyline. Um, but now we've got a couple of different storylines going on. We've got Mrs. Coulter's storyline continues and the Magisterium and everything that's going on with them. But then we also have the witches. And the difference now is we don't have the Lyra perspective on any of it. So it's all just the grown-ups talking, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's crazy. Like some of the um, the cuts in between, that's particularly pronounced in the second episode. We'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, there is a pretty big sort of leap within that. Yeah, but that's kind of the point. Um, yeah, they, they do a really good job of like jumping in between because, again, in this series, it's you are we are going to be jumping between the worlds a hell of a lot more. Um, yeah. and you know, and characters, you know, so you know, episode two, Lyra is in our world, mm-hmm. um, which is you know, opens up a whole new realm of possibilities. But just what strikes me is just like how completely different this show is than it was in series one immediately. Like it's almost completely reinvented itself between oh God, seasons. Yeah. Like this looks like from the aesthetic point of view, the tone, everything about it just feels so different. Um, but it, but that's what I mean, and, and it does work as well. It's not it's not like they've sort of suddenly got more budget or they've run out of budget or they've flubbed it or doing anything different. They are actively showing you the differences in these worlds. Yeah, in the way that these things are built. So like it's quite clearly you know we are in this is being filmed on location in oxford probably yeah um whereas in lyra's world it was very much sort of soundstage or green screen or um a lot of these other sort of places that weren't and were also a lot more fantastical and um well they were fantasy yeah but then this immediately sort of grounds it and gives it a real i don't know like sense of grounding yeah i think that's that's what's great about that that world that they're going to spend obviously a lot of time in this series the sitigazi or chitigazi mm. i can never say it properly um because it is kind of that weird blend of 
uh, Will's world, i.e. our world and Lyra's world. Yeah. Because it it seems like a normal sort of, it's like a Mediterranean style city on on the sea. And like it from you know, it's got shops, it's got that looks very normal. And then you'll see this giant piece of architecture, like the tower, with the yeah. with the angels guarding it. All these like these stairs that are going in opposite directions that like are, are reflective of the t- opening title sequence and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And it's like okay, that seems a bit out there and a bit weird and a bit more grandiose and a bit more the, like the kind of thing you'd see in Lyra's world. But then there's a shop and a cafe like you would see in Will's world, and it's kind of this weird mix of yeah. the two. Um, and the set design is brilliant on that level. Like, um, I was, you know, there's been a couple of um, BFI um, roundtables. They did a, a festival of TV uh, recently, and they did all. Oh, the, really? Yeah, they've done all the roundtable discussions online. Because um, obviously, everyone's just doing them from a Zoom call. Um, yeah. So if you can stand to watch, like. yeah, I know. If you can stand to watch a Zoom call, uh, quite frankly, I'm sick to my back teeth with Zoom calls. But if you can stand to watch one. <laughs> Um, there, there are some out there with all the production crew talking about how they created this, you know, this ridiculous looking set. Um, yeah. and saying there's ones with the actors and, and the writers and directors and how they went about doing season two. Um, and some interesting things that have come out of the, the COVID um, element because I didn't realize they did affect it quite badly, actually. Really? Yeah, well, there's only seven episodes of this series. Oh, okay, yeah, because I know there's a like a there's a missing episode. Yeah, the lost episode. Um, yeah, the lost episode. It's literally I didn't realize. Ironically, it in, that yeah. the lost episode. There's a lost episode of this show, whereas we've just found our lost episode. Our, yeah, our lost episode. Our lost his dark materials episode. We found. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some sort of coincidence there. I'm sure. Um, but yeah. Um, so they originally they had a another episode planned and it was exactly the episode I was hoping they were going to do. I was thinking to myself, it'd be great if they just like, cause the sort of elephant in the room is there that one of the leading cast members or the most well-known <laughs> cast members from series one was James McAvoy mm. um, playing Lord Asriel. Um, and he's sort of ad- absent to begin with. Now we haven't seen him for a couple of episodes and that's not unexpected. He was only in like two and a bit episodes last series, um, but he makes yeah. a big impact. And obviously Asriel is a massively important character. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I wonder what they're going to do with that. I wonder if they're going to catch up with him and show us what's been going on with him. Uh, because the idea is Lyra's kind of following in his wake, but you don't really know what's gone on. Um, and sure enough, having done a bit of research, they filmed an episode, or they'd started filming. They were three days into filming that episode, where it was going to be James McAvoy-centric, all about his journey and what had happened to him. And then COVID uh, okay. happened, and they had to shut it all down. Motherfuck. I know. I'm really annoyed. I wish I didn't know that. But there you go. It's like, it's kind of off book as well because we don't really, that never happens in the book. He doesn't turn up again until the third book. And we thought we find out about it in retrospect about what his journey has been. But they were actually going to show us some of it and they were actually going to fill in some of the blanks. Um, it 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 was completely off book. But basically, what they said is now we've ended up as a result of this, like we're closer to the book now. We're not making stuff up. Which is great, yeah. I guess, but I just which is good. But at the same time, like one of the one of the benefits of having a medium like this is, or being in presented in this way, means that we can get a little bit more. Yeah, and then, then that perfect example is the way they did Will's story in series one. They yeah. expanded it rather than have it be the because literally we get introduced to Will and his conundrum and and what happens to him and why he has to run away and all that gets done in the space of like one chapter at the beginning of Subtle Knife. 
Yeah. Whereas in the series, we get introduced to him in like what episode four, and then slowly we see everything build up until to a crescendo when he then has to run away in the series finale. So they add a lot of stuff. We we find out you know his boxing coach is a character and like what's going on at school and all that sort of yeah. stuff. We they flesh it out more um, because like I say this format allows for that and they could have done something similar to that or obviously they were planning on doing something similar with Asriel um, and unfortunately COVID so but never mind yeah. they'll get to it he'll be back they will yeah and like he'll definitely be back and there's a lot more and we still haven't had on. Andrew Scott yet as well they've been teasing Andrew Scott for, for <laughs> so long and he still hasn't turned up um, and the other thing I was reminded of that I forgot about is that he's got um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge um, playing yes. his, the voice of his demon yeah which is that. which is that's perfect isn't it like, so good yeah, that feel just feels like I don't. I can't even describe the level of how that, how fucking brilliant that is. Yeah, um, but we'll, we'll save that discussion because we haven't even got to him yet. But um, but in terms of yeah, yeah we'll, we'll wait one, until he appears before we start talking. But yeah, absolutely. Um, but in terms of yeah, this first episode, so they're they're juggling a lot of things. There, a lot of it obviously is focused around uh, Will and Lyra and them meeting. And that mm. whole setting up that relationship, and they give that time to breathe. Like they don't go rushing off into an adventure straight away. They have a whole episode just to get to know each other a little bit um, and establish certain things. And you get this whole um, cute sort of dynamic where they obviously they are from different worlds, and so Will straight away has to react to a demon. It's like what? <laughs> Why is that animal talking? Yeah. He's very confused by the whole thing. Um, Lyra likewise is confused why he doesn't have a demon and she's scared of him which we know all the context of that from having seen season one yeah um, and then again yeah they just they have to sort of na- navigate each other like the fact that he, I love my favourite scene in the first episode is when uh, Will makes Lyra an omelette <laughs> yeah. my favourite my favourite part of that is when Lyra makes Will an omelette Oh yeah, when when she tries to do it herself, but it just, I love just there's so many things like layered into that because like the fact that he he goes out of his way to make an omelet is like because the thing to remember about Will is he's an, he's a teenager he's a carer essentially for someone mm. who has issues. His mum is not well, um, and he yeah, and so he he's used to cooking for people and looking after them, and the fact that he goes to the effort of making an omelet and serving it on a plate with some cutlery, and then he brings out uh, like is your salt and pepper and it's like it's so sweet and like he's just he's used to looking after someone and when the minute someone else turns yeah. up he goes straight back into that and then yeah. and then it obviously comes into like oh so you're a kitchen boy then he goes what you're a kitchen boy i'm like no what are you talking about and again it's just that fundamental difference of their worlds and how you know the, the serving class mm. and the the whole world she comes from is almost like a medieval society and then it just doesn't make any sense to him um and yeah i love it yeah, because it is the the society of Lyra's world is, is something we haven't really touched on that much before, or we may have done, but it's ages ago, and I've definitely forgotten. I think it's coming into sharper focus now that she's bumping up against people from our world. Now we're starting to realise yeah. because it's not the norm, and she she's starting to, yeah. Because we take, you know, we we sort of buy into the fiction quite quickly because that's what we're watching. Mm. And it's only when you start to dispute that through somebody else's lens that it gives it an interesting sort of shift. And you go, huh, yeah, you're right. That is weird. Yeah. Like, and there are, there are differences that go on in further books as well and sort of historically how things happen and 
um as we were saying before about like the differences when you talk about um gyptians for example yeah like uh, they were obviously a lot more in season one but um it's it's interesting like the way that this this they're continuing to do that proportionately they're not just going yeah this is her world and will's living in it they're yeah. doing it in an interesting they're, they're continuing to leverage that between both characters yeah and they, they have a great discussion it's like i don't know if i'm weird for not having a demon or you're weird for having one and like that's yeah. a really great way of like putting it and then he, and then he realizes again they bump into some other kids that seem to be running the city um and from what i understand they're going to obviously come back and there's a lot more stuff to do with them mm. um one of which is played by um lady mormont from game of thrones yeah. it was great seeing her so i'm sure they've got more for her to do because you don't just get her for nothing no, um, so but then like again none of them have demons so then they go all oh, right you must be the odd one out then and, like i love their sort of their, the childish logic of like figuring out you know traversing multiple realities but how they piece it all together as they go is just great i love it yeah because one of the at that point when they were talking about uh like in the book for example when they were talking about those sort of feral children and um how they were attacking the cat yeah and it's like so it's like cats are something to be feared yeah but also because they're like a harbinger of doom sort of thing but at the same time they fear them so they attack them and try and get them to go away or they kill them and pan changes into like this um badger and nails isn't it? or like a beak like a no, in the book, he turns into a cat. Okay, yeah. He turns into like a, not a big cat, but he turns into like an, uh, like, if I remember rightly, he does turn into a cat, which is a um, call forward to what we already know, I think. And we might have to edit this, but we do know that McAvoy is her dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know that, yeah. Yeah. And that's it's like a foreshadowing to that, yeah. Because he turns into a um, like an Arctic cat or like a big cat, yeah. Which is which is what um, Asriel's demon is settled as, yeah, yeah. And um, so it's it, it, again, it gives you sort of foreshadowing about how she's really similar to her dad, but we don't know that yet, yeah. But obviously, like on a second read, you go, ah, okay, I got that. Mm. So, yeah, that was. I thought that was really, really cool. And I was, but he doesn't in this. He turns into a, a like a honey badger. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think um, that might just be because, like I said, they, they've they've chosen to get that information out early about the, the her parentage. Um, yeah. That's already been revealed. Um, again, that's another major change they've made. Um, but maybe that, you know, I'm sure there's a good reason for that. And they wouldn't probably wouldn't have done it if the poor man told them they could. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the parentage and, and then both dealing with their respective fathers is a massive plot point. And I think it's probably going to be something that they, you know, bond over uh, in that, in this first series. So I imagine that's probably the reason um, like, you know, Lyra's she's already, she's preoccupied with, what happened at the end of series one which you know this betrayal from her father and she says you know i came here through a doorway opened by my father and she and she has to say oh, yeah it was my father who did this and she has to deal with that 
Um, At the same time, we're also going to delve into Will's father and all his hangups that he has with him. So I can already see why they've chosen to make that reveal happen earlier so that they can get those two parallel. And again, it's just, they've, they've planned this out so well. Like they've obviously thought ahead so well about how series two is going to work and hopefully fingers crossed that series three, um, and they'll get into the amber spyglass and all that stuff. But God, God, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think, uh, Mary Malone is going to meet the Malefa until season three. Oh God, no, 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 no. That's, <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, absolutely not. But she's again, Mary Malone. We, wow, that's it. episode two. We got to talk about all that stuff with Mary Malone because that was amazing. Yeah, because they do sort of loosely establish a few things in season one, but it is very much like a welcome back reintroduction. Here we are. Yeah, you know, yeah. let's let's sit sit here and understand what we've what's come before. Remember where we've been. Yeah, and then we also get in episode one, we get the um, what's going on with the Magisterium, um, and that's gets mm-hmm. a hell of a lot more intense. And again, like that ramps up. So we get the um, I can't remember the name of the guy now, but the the original um, Cardinal, yeah, Cardinal. Um, who is just adamant about this whole this, this tear in the sky that has happened as a result of Azrael's experiment. Um, and he's refusing to accept it and, and like <laughs> shouting heresy at anyone who like, because if you would just go outside and look at it and he won't, he refuses to look at it. You can't call it heresy. He can't. It's already there. Look, if you count the legal <laughs> votes, then he won. Do you know what I mean? No. no. <laughs> no. Oh, is that not you, okay to joke about? You, you stop that right now. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> you, you and your poor mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, so he we've got all that going on, and so now we end up having this sort of the political machinations, and um, you know, what's the name, uh, Mrs. Coulter, sort of Lady Macbething, um, Father yeah. McPhail, and getting him to sort of try and raise, you know, become the new cardinal, um, and all that's going on. I was like, this is some proper Game of Thrones shit going on now, and this wasn't here in series one. Like, you're getting into this now, and this is cool, um, and they push that forward again in in episode two. Um, but then we also get the stuff with the witches. And this idea that the witches know more than they should about the world yeah. and how it all works, and like, and and then we have an amazing scene where we're introduced to the new um, witch queen, whose name I forget because it's something ridiculous. Oh, um... fuck! I had it just then. Yeah. It's not Serafina Peccolo because that's the one we no. knew before. It's the new one, Ruta Scardi. That's it, Rusa Scarlet. Yeah, and then we get yeah, so we get um, an extended torture sequence with another witch, and that all plays out. And it's that's like okay, pretty intense. As yeah, well, exactly. Like, exactly. That's what I mean about this show being. It feels so different from series one already. And every time it cuts back to Lyra's world and what's going on there is like, fuck this. Like this is a proper like religious all-out war, and it's mm. it ramping up and up. And these like and people are just. And it's all adults, you know, because there's no kids anymore. That all pretense of any sort of innocence is yeah. gone. Any sort of like they were all putting on that, like you know, in series one for a long time, Mrs. Coulter was trying to be all sweetness and light, or you know, everyone would just sort of play around because Lyra was there. They would sort of, do you know what I mean? That they would modulate their behaviour on that basis. But that's all gone now. All bet, all bets are off. The fucking sky's been ripped open. We're all just <laughs> everyone, do you know what I mean? All shit, all hell's breaking yeah. loose. Um, and this this ain't the kids show anymore, sort of thing. When every time they cut back to that, um, which is great, it is fucking yeah. brilliant. 
And then they do, um, I mean, moving into to episode two, I, the one sort of criticism I do have of episode one is that they have a bit of a false cliffhanger um, to make you think, because they've got this whole idea of the spectres in Cherigati. Yeah. Um, and it never, they have this this big sort of cliffhanger moment where one of them is sort of stalking Will, this like Starts weird... the manifest behind Will. Yeah, and then it cuts back to the next ep- episode and they never even address it. They never talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, how's Will... How's, it's like, it leaves it. I was like, how's Will going to get out of this one? And he's... he's not. He did. He, he did, I guess. <laughs> that's it. We don't know anything about it. Um, so that's kind of a false... I think because they're quite a weird concept to get your head around. I think that might've been a mistake to do that because now it feels like they're like some creatures that can stalk you because what they actually are is like, they can only attack adults. Yeah. They follow the children. Yeah. But they can't like, or children can't see them. Like adults can see them, but children can't. Um, yeah. They, 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 they attack. I think they can attack the children, but they, yeah to go after adults. They feed off the adults. Yeah. And that's, that's again, tied into the whole sort of notion of dust you know, manifesting around adults, but not around children and all that sort of stuff. Or is it, or vice versa? No, yeah. Vice versa. It's, no, yeah. Oh, fuck. Dust is weird. <laughs> yeah. Just and, go with it. Yeah. I, I love now that we're getting the fact that like dust has obviously completely different. It's just dust in, in this in our world. It doesn't mean anything. But how because Lara's bumping into people from our world and keep going and like saying really like earnestly like you need to, do you know about dust? He goes what? Well, yeah, he doesn't know about dust. You have to dust things sometimes. They get dusty. Like, yeah. you know what, I mean? what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Why are you saying it like it's really important? <laughs> like, goes, oh well, in my, in my world, we're not allowed to talk about dust. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? What world, mate? Yeah. Um, and that's where we get into episode two so from their conversations um will and lyra discover they're both from oxford um, which she's very excited about and then she realized oh scholars if i can get if i can find a scholar maybe they can help me find out what's going on with dust the um oh i forgot what it's called now the alethiometer tells her does it yeah, the ethometer says, yeah, you need to you know, find scholars, but then it's also telling her about Will and whether she can trust him or not. Um, yeah. So then she, yeah, she has the, the idea of, right, I have to go, I can't go to my Oxford, but there's another Oxford where presumably there are scholars and people who Other are... Other scholars, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if, if for her world, they would be called scholars. In our world, we call them scientists. But, you know, given that the fact that Lara's world is like this sort of, is religiously persecuted and science has not developed in any real way then she just can't <laughs> comprehend the difference between a scholar and a scientist um but then we yeah we get into episode two um and we meet mary malone yes yes we do and that just everything about that whole interaction between the two of them is brilliant i love it and it's again it's one of those things like a lot a lot of things happen in is dark materials and it's it's sort of written in because you're like oh it's sort of like a destiny or like a fate or something along those lines where like these things are meant to happen in these certain ways yeah but again and, but it works like a lot of the time yeah you know when you are sort of leaning into the thing that like mary malone comes along and she she's like oh okay if you if you know everything what was i before yeah i became a scientist 
And she says, and she was like, oh, you're a nun. And she just says it completely casually. She doesn't do any sort of hokey, weird stuff with it. She just says, you're a nun. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy about this is it's not doing any sort of like wibbly fingers and like no, it's just Scooby doing around stuff. Exactly. I think they've done a really good job with the, yeah, so it's the, it's the um, alethiometer. And again, Lyra has to try and explain it to other people in the same way that she has to explain what a demon is. And she gets yeah. to go, you know, when people are going, well, how can you possibly know that? Just, or, or, look, it's easier if I just show you. But there's yeah. no like big grandiose, like, um, you know, she has to do something special. She just holds it out and says, ask me something that I could never possibly know. And just, oh, there you go. Proved it. And it's a really yeah. matter of fact. And it's like, but like, I think so much of it comes down to like uh, Daphne and Keane's continued her performance is amazing. And I just yeah. love just that, that whole first scene where she comes in and she meets um, Mary for the first time. And it's just, it plays out. They let it play out for a really long time. And it's, it's great. It's just so well done because for a start, she's shocked that she's a scholar and she's a woman. That completely yeah. throws her yeah. straight away. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, okay, all right, I'll roll with it. But the, what's great is that there's this, you know, this scientist who at first she's like, why is this child here? What's going on? But then because, and I think it's all down to Daphne King's performance and how sort of earnest she is that she wins her around and sort of, and gets Mary to pay attention and, and take her seriously. Yeah. And it's just down to the fact that she, and she doesn't, you know, she breaks down and sort of says, you know, I'm here because I need to find out about dust because my friend died. And if I don't find out about it, it's for nothing. And it yeah. would have been a lot really easy for them to start crying and then like to have Mary come over and give her a hug or anything like that or make it really melodramatic. But they don't do that. They make it really sort of subtle, but also just so like earnest and believable yeah. that you're like, yeah, I if if it was me and this girl walked in, I would like, you know what, I believe you and I yeah, all right, let's talk about particle physics. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the thing is it's like yeah, she she kind of like she believes her, but she's not like completely sold. But at the same time, yeah, she's yeah. So she sort of believes it, but she's also going with it because she is talking to a kid. Yeah, but she just she goes okay. And she's, yeah. But she's not like patronising her because she well she does at first when she like pulls out the biscuit. She's like, so tell me, and it's like yeah. But again, and then like, it quickly it, becomes apparent that she is. Not only is she a woman of science, but she's also a woman of faith. So yeah. she knows about things that might not necessarily be so tangible. Which goes, is it original sin? She goes, oh, Christ, I thought I wouldn't have to think about that anymore. And it's yeah. like, yeah, there's, there's a reason. And then Lyra says, well, you need to. And she goes, oh, yeah. shit. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I thought I left that whole, you know, the, the religious element of my life behind and I've, I've dedicated myself to science. And now this girl's turned up and gone, there is a connection between the two things. They're not separate. And she's oh shit. And again, like, I can't believe that this is happening on this like massively you know, mainstream TV show. Um, and yeah. this is what makes it look so good is that they, they have these conversations about, you know, theology versus science and how the two can intersect and all this, all this really heavy stuff. And like talking about dark batter is how we, so one of the big reveals is that in our universe, what, we what Lyra would call dust, we call it dark matter. Yeah. Um, and so again, that's a real scientific principle. And again, they're, they're, obviously there's some fictionalized elements to it to make it work for Philip Pullman's story. But, but again, like, just 
yeah, I can't believe that this is like the the heady sort of stuff that the, the, you know real deep stuff that are getting into at eight o'clock on a on a Sunday night on BBC. Yeah. It's just like this is great. This is why these this series is great, and why I've been telling people to watch it for or read it for years because this is the kind of shit they're talking about. It's not about a little girl riding a polar bear. It's about this. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but it's both as well because those fantastic elements both, are still like, in there, but it addresses it in a way that. The same way that Lyra's going through a change in her life. Yeah. When, you know, she's obviously, she's going through puberty as well because they addressed that a couple of times in the book about these sort of burgeoning sensations that she has for Will. And, yeah. you know, she's she's kissed a boy before, but she's never really, like, cared for a boy sort of thing. Yeah. And then the way that she treats, like, the Egyptian boy, I can't remember his name. But, um, yeah and stuff like that so so they're addressing these like really sort of mature themes in a really accessible way in a really fun way in a really exciting way in a really interesting way and the fact that they're maintaining that yeah they're not shying away from it and and again the same with the the religious persecution side of it because in this same episode we get an amazing scene with the at the magisterium where it's Omar Jalili's character turns up and he's trying to broker some sort of peace between the Magisterium and the witches. And we get yeah. like this, it's like a Salem witch trials, almost literally. Where well, it's, 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 so, it's worse though, isn't it? Because it's, it's like the Spanish Inquisition where they're just, yeah. they're, they're baiting him into saying something heretical. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what happens. He just, they like you know knighting us tell it like put in they're pushing him and pushing him and pushing him it's like goodbye making these like bold you know assumptions and then the idea is that they clamp down on something he says like he suggests he, he dares to suggest that there might be someone else in the world that knows a little bit more about the complexities of the world i.e someone who knows how the world works a little bit more and in our world that would be a scientist that would be someone you know someone like a stephen Hawking is you know cracks the theory of relativity or something like that. Yeah. And they go, heresy. He goes, the only person that can know, or the only thing that can know the secrets of the universe is the authority, the authority Mm -hmm. being God. And they go, right, on that basis, no one else can have that kind of knowledge. So, right, you're sentenced to eight years hard labor. Get out of it. Yeah. (laughs) Just not not even for saying that he had it, for suggesting that someone else had that knowledge. That's what they're that's what they're getting in for. Well, like, he makes an implication that the the witches have an understanding of the world of this yeah. of this world that isn't the same as how they see it. Or that he says, so yeah, that, they, like the witches understand the world in a different way to how yeah. like the world of men does. And that's it. And that literally he doesn't even finish his sentence before the guy just jumps on him. Heresy, and then like yeah, that's it. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, you've committed heresy. We're gonna we everything else you've said is irrelevant. Um, because you've just dared to suggest this. And this is like, again, <laughs> this is eight o'clock on a, on a Sunday night on the BBC. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love that they're not, again, they're not shying away from it. All that stuff got cut from that first movie that they made. All the, you know, religious subtext. Yeah. And now Which... like, it, it's not subtext anymore. It's full, it's text. It's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, they're it's not fucking now. about, they're not fucking about, they have full scenes dedicated to it. And again, it would be very easy for them to just to cut all that out. Because at this yeah. point, Will and Lyra, have, you know, it's they've got a completely different journey going on. But they go, no, this is important. You, we need to see this, <laughs> and and they need to. It's like we need to know what they're up against, and this is what they're up against. And they are making a point of showing it. It's like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what this 
book series needed. And it's it, yeah, and it's working perfectly so far. Like, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not. It's not dragging. It didn't get to like the second episode slump that a lot of things do. We no, go, I think already. Or, I think already because that was one of the criticisms I did have of series one is that it did feel like a bit slow to begin with. I think mm. it took them one too many episodes to get out to the north. Yeah, um, which is where the story really got going when you met Lee Scoresby and and uh, all that sort of stuff. Whereas this just hits the ground running. This series, um, yeah. I thought well, you you do sort of they give you that first episode to catch your breath a little bit, but there's still plenty going on. And then by episode two, we're finding out all kinds of new stuff. Um, yeah. we're, meet, we're meeting scientists and like and Will's finding out more about his family, um, what's going on. He he finds out he has grandparents that he never knew he had, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the whole thing. Um, and yeah, and I'm sure it's all going to come to a head. We've got Lee Scoresby's out there looking for man he knows as Grooman, but we know as John Barry. Yeah, um, who's going to be his Will's dad, played by Andrew Scott. Do we know that already in this show? Well, that is Andrew Scott. Well, outside of castings. Well, no, we know that it's that. Um, yeah, John Parry is Andrew Scott, and like we've seen, like Will watching a video of him being interviewed before he goes up to the Arctic. Yeah. That was one of the only like live action pieces of Andrew Scott we saw in um, last series. And then even in this episode, right. we see a picture of Andrew Scott holding a, a baby in yeah. at his grandparents' house. So it's like, there is no doubt that when like, he's not going to f- see him and not know that it's his father straight away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He'll know that. And again, I think that's the change from the books, if I remember rightly, but I can't quite remember how it all plays out. Yeah, it's... It's a pain. I should have done a. Well, I was going to do a grand reread, but I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, uh, there's so there's still a lo- there's still loads to unpick and still loads to get into as well, because there aren't. There's an entire subset of characters that have yet to have been introduced, and a whole ton of different things that are yet to happen. Yeah. And um, there's so so much more to come. Yeah, that whilst we've already seen like a lot already, and it seems fairly overwhelming, there are points when you're just going to go, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, and that that's yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I was so excited to see the second series because they're finally pushing it into this you know new territory that this I knew mm. this series could get to, but had never been done on film before. So now we're actually here, no. and they're not shying away from it. And it's on TV as well. TV, right. yeah, exactly. It's just I can't, I can't overstate it how amazing it is that this exists and it's been done as well and as faithfully as it has been doing. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, just, I'm really excited to see how it all goes. Um, and I just hope yeah, I... that everything plays out and you know, we don't get any issues because of further issues, I should say, because of COVID or, or anything like that, and they're able mm. to complete this as a series. Um, because from what I can understand at the moment, it seems like they're going to be doing one series per book, most likely. I think... Although Amber Spyglass probably needs to be two series, isn't it? Yeah. I think there'll probably be either three or four four. series. Again, I have no doubt in my mind, given how well they've planned it out already in terms of the writing of it, I have no doubt that they already know exactly how many series they think they can do and what they want to do. I just hope that enough people watch it and there's enough of a, I mean, from what I understand, it's been, you know, really well received and the fans are loving it. And there are people who are, you know, watch it, reading the books who never read the books before because of the series. 
mm-hmm. um that's why here but then like anecdotally people that i know didn't get on with the first series and sort of dropped out um i don't know about you well, because they're idiots okay <laughs> <laughs> no i'm joking um but no it's yeah it's um i've only heard positive things like yeah i've heard a few things of similar issues that we had which was it took a little bit long to get where it yeah. needed to be in season one but um anyone that i know that is still watching it now still thinks it's amazing yeah um and yeah in fact thanks to no small part to the, the two leads and we need to shout out as well for the um for will it's uh amir amir wilson, amir wilson. yeah um no relation to ruth um which we do need to say actually because of the fact that we've got um daphne and Keane's dad is getting a much bigger part of this series he's um now yeah. Car- cardinal mcphail um so he is the great the great villain the villain of all the villains at the moment um and he's that's thing, like, i looked that up last night because i was like hey that's funny like he's got the same first name as will and the same second name as daphne Keane. yeah and then and then there's also then there's also the fact that now we've got yeah amir wilson playing will and Ruth Wilson playing Mrs. Coulter. It's very, yeah. it's very incestual. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, but as far as I'm aware, yeah. they're not actually related. But there you go. Um, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, no, but he's great, is my point. Again, and he has similar moments to um, da- that Daphne King does as well, where it would be easy to overplay it. Um, and there's a great... Uh, I almost hit. I was almost hearing up when they were sitting on the bench, because it suddenly clicked to me that they were sitting on the bench in Oxford, right? And what that means. And like again, that's like not a spoiler, but it's just something that you know. If anyone who's read the books, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but that is hugely significant. Um, and it just it wasn't until like they were a little bit way through that scene that I realised where they were and where where they was in. Um, but yeah, in that scene, um, Amir does a really good performance where he's talking about yeah i didn't mean to kill this person and i can't stop thinking about it but again he doesn't overdo it he doesn't break down he doesn't you know he doesn't he's not a show he's not like it doesn't seem like a stage kid do you know what i mean yeah he's not the greatest bloody actor in this school yeah exactly yeah despite the fact he might well be he probably is yeah yeah, but, literally, like I was, cause I was watching one of those BFI things, and he was on it, and he was talking about how he used part of it for one of his. Um, he was in film school, and he used a example from his dark materials about the golden monkey, uh, about how they create um, three digital characters and all, the whole process, and used that as part of his like case study. Oh, cool! And it's like, and then everyone was on the call was just like, "So, hang on, you're using the show that you're working on as part of your coursework <laughs> for, for like, is that not the coolest thing?" He's like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool." <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is good yeah, well point. you would right what you know yeah exactly yeah exactly but yeah like yeah i, I mean that's, i think that's kind of it for now i mean there's going to be plenty more yeah. to get into um i'm really really keen to see where all this stuff is going to go um obviously i know partly but i can't wait to see more of the um mary storyline i can't wait to see you know andrew scott finally turn up um, no, and yeah, and where now? Now we've, we've set up Mrs. Coulter's out on a mission from the end of episode two, yeah. and that's, that's where it leaves off. Actually, in the end of episode two, is that her sort of going right? Fuck you, lot! I'm out because she's going after Lyra. Um, so that's going to be yeah, 
and if, if it's just going to be a lot of Ruth Wilson doing power walks down corridors, that's fine by me. I can deal with that. <laughs> yeah, she's it's and it's nothing to talk of of the show, but it's those parts that always sort of pulled me away a bit. And they're talking about like the scheming and the this and the that. And I'm like, oh, I want to know. I want to talk about the bear and the monkey and the yeah, dust, you know? yeah, dust. But yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they play out. Again, like now that if they're going to get her, if um, Mrs. Coulter's walking away from that side of the story, then are we going to now follow Father McPhail? Is he going to be the central point? Like, are we going to follow yeah. him and then the ongoing conflict with the witches? Is that going to be a thing that we follow? Do we care enough about them to follow that? Or is he, or is he going yeah, to feel like every time it cuts back to it, we're like, who gives a shit? Where's Will and Lyra? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There'll be a bit, there will be an element of that, but again, it's one of those layered things that they need to get in there so that it all pays off in the end. Um, so it might be something that will be a storyline in series two that we don't see a full culmination of until the third series. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how they do it. Yeah. I do. Um, I'm absolutely not going to move away from this at all. I'm going to be all over it because I bloody love it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, not enough people. That's part of the reason why we wanted to cover it this year is that everyone's talking about the Mandalorian. In my opinion, not enough people are talking about his dark materials. Mm. Um, so we definitely want to keep this going and we'll do this every couple of weeks. We'll, um, we'll catch up on where the series is at and what they've covered. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, in the meantime, if any of you guys have got any thoughts on his dark materials, if you're, did you tr- like, I would, I, I can't imagine anyone would try and get into it on series two. Um, no, you could try, but <laughs> it doesn't really idea. It doesn't really hold your hand, does it? It doesn't fuck about. No. Um, so you can. I mean, it does, there is a clear cutoff point, and it, like I say, it definitely feels like an, a almost like a little bit of a soft reboot. But there's so much backstory and context that you don't know, so there's no point in doing that. Um, but is it something that you've come to? Is it something that maybe you watched during lockdown? Um, and I think a lot of people probably would have done that given that we were all stuck and you know, finding stuff to watch and now you're watching yeah, series I mean, two. How I ended up coming to watch it because my girlfriend was reading the books mm. ahead of uh, the show coming out. And then she wished she was originally just going to read one. And um, then as sort of time went on, we were like, no, I think maybe you should. Um, you really need to read all of these before we get into it. So, and it took her a couple of months, but it's, um, yeah. And then we got there in the end and watched it during lockdown one. Yeah. And here we are, you know, like both considered, both consider ourselves sort of fans of it and like really look forward to it every week. Like we sort of plan out the day and we're like, right, we're going to do this. And then we're going to, uh, which is dark materials and then make sure that everything's sorted like dinner's finished and we've washed up and everything's ready to go before we put it on because it's like one thing that we don't miss you know yeah and it's like it reminds me of that it was like it's the appointment TV it feels like a little bit like what Game of Thrones used to be yeah on, on a Sunday night and I remember when this when this first got announced and they were saying HBO are doing a version of his dark materials I'm like this is it this is going to be the new Game of Thrones and it, but not enough people are watching it because it's too smart <laughs> Well, that's that's yeah. not the reason they're not not people watching it. I don't know, um, but like, yeah, I, I feel like it it deserves to be that kind of level of popularity, but it isn't quite yet. Uh, maybe it'll be something that 
it will get to. Yeah, and that's what's unfortunate is that you know I if well they've they've already been commissioned for season three. Have they? Yeah. Oh, thank fuck for that. Um, because if I can't deal with another, like not I can't deal with them not finishing it. Basically, I can't deal yeah. with another failed adaptation where we don't get a full trilogy that sees the whole story through. If they do, if they oh, start God. and stop again. I couldn't deal with it because they fucked up the first one. Please, please, just see it through. <laughs> like you're doing so well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm. I'm glad they've got series three. It doesn't um, even bear thinking about. No, exactly. I don't want to. Yeah, um, and it's not. This isn't a Game of Thrones scenario where the guy hasn't written finished reading the books yet, and we have to just completely make it up as we go along. We know how it ends. Fucking film it. <laughs> do it. You know. You clearly understand the story very well and how yeah. to adapt it. Just do it. Like without spoilers. I mean, there is going to have to be. A what I would imagine to be a fairly significant step up in budget for some of the things that happen in. Oh, fuck yeah. But again, that, that's, that's how it can, it can sort of follow the game of Thrones model. But the problem, the problem is the game of Thrones model and the fact that they were able to raise their budget as they went was part of the popularity of it. That because it yeah. became the biggest show on the planet, they were able to spend, you know, 1 million per episode or whatever it ended up being to make those amazing battles in the last couple of the seasons be what they were well, it was what was it it was it went from 20 million for season one to 20 million an episode, episode. season that's it yeah that was it so that they by the time they got to the end they were you know spending the same amount of money on one episode that they spent on the whole of the first season which is crazy but my worry is i guess that because this is probably never going to be that same level of popularity mm. um will they be given that same kind of budget to realize it and do it justice um I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the HBO, a lot of time, HBO do things just purely for the um, prestige of it. Um, yeah. And so hopefully it will be that. They'll, they'll be, but then in terms of, they'll do that for the prestige when it's like a drama, when it's, you know, like something, you know, The Sopranos and like that. But when it's something big budget like this and requires that kind of money, I don't know. That's, that's my worry. If they go, right, to do this properly, we're going to need that Game of Thrones money, and they'll go, yeah, but only 2 million people a week are watching it, so, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's my worry. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. If they need, the, it's obviously ratings versus renewal. But we're going to get season three. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and they'll, they'll, they'll find a way around it. We can start to get past some of the weirder bits that sort of bloat the middle a little bit. Yeah, um, and I think they'll they'll find a way around it. I mean, they're already talking about like the, the use of technology in the way they've made it already, um, and embracing some of the stuff that like the Mandalorian is doing. You know, in terms of you know set extensions using the volume screen and like with the City Galaxy, apparently they built it in VR. They built oh, okay. the whole they built the whole thing in the game engine, so that then the directors would come in and, and plan out all their shots in terms of what they needed using this yeah. VR setup of the city. And they only right. then had to build the the parts of the city that would be seen on camera. Uh, okay. So there's little things like that that like the innovations and things that they're working on um, mean that they will probably find a way of doing it, and that technology is pushing forward more and more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think well, it just makes it seem like there's a wider practicality there that they could do this in a better way. 
Yeah. And hopefully without a reduction in quality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll come back to this in a couple of weeks' time and see where they're at. Um, I'm really excited to see how they play this out. Um, and yeah, we'll um, yeah, we'll take it from there. Uh, and yeah, the other thing, the, the interesting thing to watch out for is this whole lost episode thing, um, because they did lose that a whole episode's worth of story. Um, and mm. by the sound of it, they have tried to weave it back in again um, and get the same information across in a different way. Um, but we'll see how that shakes out once we get to the end of the series. Yeah, I have no idea no. like how they're going to do that. So now, hopefully, they do that one thing in maybe, maybe like a different, like a slightly different style of sort of. Yeah, well, I imagine what they mean or... is. Yeah, I can only imagine what they mean is you know, although it was a uh, Asriel focused episode that they were making, um, there was obviously still elements of Will and Lyra in there, or, or bits of information that you needed to know that were weaved in there. So now they have to find a different way of telling you that. Um, yeah, outside of that original episode plan, so that maybe they've just found ways of doing that. I don't know, but well, it's an interesting like they, they, these guys seem to be rising to every challenge that's set to them at the moment. Um, and yeah. Yeah, again, talking about how all the post production with you know over fifteen hundred people working from home for the last year, um, trying to make <laughs> these incredibly complex CGI shots of animals and stuff with two megabit internet. Um, and babies crying in the background, and they've and they've pulled it off. So you know, I, I have no doubt that they can do it. No, God no, they're going to continue to smash this from all sort of all I can see so far. Yeah, and uh, yeah, well, here's the season. Here's two episodes three and four. Absolutely. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. We'll talk about episodes three and four. If you're following the series, let us know. Um, follow along. Send us an email or anything like that. You can find us at the Yomcast Pods at gmail.com is our email address or you can just search for the Omcast on Facebook or on um, Instagram or any of those places um, and if you see the post for this episode do give it a share or give it a like it really helps us out yep. um, and we'll see you on the next one bye bye that's good yeah that was alright Good. <sighs> Fucking his dark materials. How the f- what a time to be alive. Fucking golden compass, man, isn't it? It's not. Stop calling it the golden compass. Yeah. Fucking heretic as well. Fucking heretic. Blasphemy. Heresy. Shut up. It's not heresy. Fuck, you can up. see it in the sky. Fuck you. Not heresy. If it's outside.